open to listening to, to, to Collingwood and going through that process. But, you know, in the conversations with Lockie as well, which I had with him and were held in a, a really um, open and comfortable way, there, there's a strong possibility also um, that, that he'll be playing in 2024 for us. So I uh, can't give you any clarity on it, Damo, but that, that's where it currently sits. Peter Bell talking with Damo. Damien Barrett on Trade Radio in regards to Lockie Schultz yesterday, the boss of football at Fremantle. Paul Hazelby's across this. He, I'm not sure what, where Paul stands on this, but you can hear Hayes and Mato on the run home between three and five here on the SEN Network. Hayes, appreciate your time. This one came from left field. Yeah, it certainly did. Look, there was some interest in Lockie Schultz, wasn't there, in the past. But it was always interesting if you looked at the contract, which I probably did about three months ago, and you saw Brennan Cox was unsigned. And, of course, a lot of time has gone into Sean Darcy. And the strange one was Lockie Schultz because he's so important to this team and, in fact, over the last four years has been their best forward. And even in the back half of the season, I thought he was outstanding. So it's not completely from left field, but this one has hurt deeply for the Fremantle Dockers fans that on the back of losing players in recent times, to lose one of your star forwards... When you're not really proactive throughout the off-season, I reckon it hurts more than most. He's probably one of my favourites. Hayes would be my top two. Mm-hmm. And Sonny, you've been my favourites here at, at, uh, at Frio. I think I love the way he plays the game. But are you concerned now that... Well, we want your take on, on Fremantle because last year there was four. Um, this year there's another two that just seem to want out. Is there, What is your word? What are you hearing from inside the four walls at Fremantle that players keep you know, wanting to leave? Yeah, look, I think they're all pretty connected. And, in fact, going into last year, I thought it was probably the most stable and together the club has been for a long time. Of course, you know, you had the Ross Lyon, Steve Rossich era, and this is certainly a different time now with Garlic Bell and Justin Longwheel making some big decisions. But if you really go back to last year, like, they made those calls. It wasn't like all of those players walked out. Rory Lobb was probably the one that walked out. They didn't want the others. They didn't want Blake Akers. So what I would say is this is now Longmuir and also Peter Bell's decision-making coming to fruition, and they will live or die by the sword. And I reckon this year and the next year, if they don't get it right, scrutiny and pressure will come on those two people within the football club because it's now the list that they wanted. And when Justin took over, he inherited a certain squad that was pretty much signed up. A lot of players were signed up for bigger contracts than they should have been. Colin Young played a part in that with uh, his management skills. But finally, they've got what they want. And now they've got to live or die by that. Paul, what came first here? And this is my argument on socials. And, and I don't think people are, can, can see the wood for the trees with this. Did Lockie Schultz say, I want to go back to Victoria for personal reasons, family reasons? And I'm, I'm aware that you may know what those reasons are. I think it's connected to his partner. Again, I'm unsure. And I yep. don't, think it, don't think it's... We don't need to bear it publicly. But let's just say that that's the case. He wants to go back for personal reasons. But I want to go to Collingwood, who have offered me five years. Now, I'm trying to work out what came first, the chicken or the egg. Did he did he have this deal in place to go back to Victoria, or is he happy just to go to back to Victoria? And if Fremantle can deal with another club, would he be happy to go to them? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what came first, but it was strange that as soon as it did come out, there was a club. Of choice. So clearly there was conversations going on for a period of time and the very next day an announcement of the four-year contract with the one-year 
trigger. So I'm with you in that. And I think Frio are in their rights to play hardball here. And we've had some examples of this. Tim Kelly was one back to Mm -hmm. the West Coast Eagles. But even then, Anthony Vanderwill and his manager refused to entertain Fremantle. And I had Fremantle talking to me because I had a relationship with Tim Kelly trying to get involved in that deal. But Vanderwill and, and Tim Kelly, very strong that it was only going to one club. And I don't think that was right. I didn't think it was at the right of the time, and I don't think it's right now, that Fremantle, in their rights, should be looking around and trying to get the best suitor, because this is for family reasons. He's contracted, and if there's a club willing to give them a better selection, maybe inside the top 15, then I reckon they're in their rights to hold him to account. And if not, they make him stay, and then they just get the compensation pick next year, which should fall around pick 19, but at least you get another year. And we know how desperate Fremantle should be to play finals footy. And does Lockie Schultz help that next year? Absolutely, he does. Sounds like he's still bitter, though. Hayes, he's still dirty on what happened a couple of years ago with the delisting and the relisting and, and that sort of thing. That seems to me as he's been holding a little bit of a grudge about that for, for some time, or he's certainly using that where that's been... He's spoken about it in the past. It's now being used again to, uh, to get him out and to the club of his choice. Yeah, it's a hard one to know how he's feeling about that. But this does happen a little bit. And sometimes, you know, list managers will come to a certain player because all the other players are contracted. And as I said before, Freeman have had a lot of players locked up, probably given overs, in my opinion, that they probably worked out he was the one to do it. At that stage, they probably thought him being the delisted free agent wasn't going to be a big deal. It has come back to bite them. But probably the bigger question is why hasn't there been a big contract in front of him right now? I know Peter Bell's spoken about a two-year deal, but this is Lockie Schultz. Mm. You know, 30 goals, 33 goals the last two years, right up there as their number one goal assist player that you would have thought, given the way the contracts are handed out now, Scotty, that he would be four or five years, which is where Collingwood has landed. So perhaps that's the biggest sticking point. Paul Hazeby, our guest on, from The Run Home with Hayes and Mardo. Sam McClure on Tradies Podcast has said, West Coast will not pick Harley Reid at pick one due to the go-home factor. Oh. Um, I'm hearing that there, there's been a slowdown on Dan Curtin. Uh, the mail out of what was happening over there at the Combine. He didn't go because of a hamstring. Blue, blah, blue. Um, if I was West Coast, I'd be taking Harley Reid. Thoughts? Takes a brave club, doesn't it, to uh, not use your pick one. And there was one brave club that did that once upon a time, and I was playing for them, and that was Fremantle. And we got Luke McFarlane, so the deal wasn't completely a disaster. And Trent Crowe was the other one. So it comes with a lot of pressure, and it comes with a club that's willing to take a chance. And if you look at West Coast, they haven't really been that club in recent times. Yes, last year they did it with the Harry Sheasel pick. And of course, they got Jinby and also Eliza Hewitt. I think they're playing it perfectly. This is the time that Harley Reid will have the most value. And let's be honest, some of the deals that have been thrown around are great deals for West Coast because we all know that the difference between player one and player five in any draft is not that much. And I've heard all these words before. Heard it about Cam Rayner, heard it about uh, Matty Rao, you know, these big bulls that are going to turn into this, and Dustin Martin types. We've been there, done that. So I think West Coast continue down this path. If there's an offer that comes out, then absolutely you take that offer, particularly if it gets you back in the draft around pick 10. And Elijah Hewitt last year was pick 12, and I reckon he could be the best of them. So if they could bring in two more, 
I would go for it personally, but I don't think West Coast will. Yeah, Kevin from Hammersley is on line. He wants to talk about Frio Hayes while we've got you there. Kevin, uh, Hayes and Scotty are listening. Yeah, good morning. A uh, quick one. Uh, Frio have got Luke Jackson. It's apparently they're pushing hard to keep Sean Darcy. And there's stories about going out to get the young fella McDonald from Sydney. If they get all three of those, there's a heck of a lot of the salary cap. And it's a little time bomb for when the young fellas, Sarong, Young and Brayshaw, come out of contract. They're going to want to get paid more than they are now. But I don't see how all that's going to work. Scotty? Well, if you could get Logan McDonald over, I'd be trading Sean Darcy right now. Um, as we've said before on this show, that Luke, Dar- that Luke Jackson is best in the ruck. Um, I've had to change my tune there and say he has to play in the ruck. Um, and they were better with him in the ruck. And I'd be getting some for Sean Darcy while I can, if you could get Logan McDonald. I'm not sure you're going to get Logan back, though. But, Hayes, your thoughts on, on those three in the one possible team and how it could work? Well, I think if you look at the contracts, I don't think Fremont have gone over the top with that Luke Jackson contract. Like I think at the time, 800, 900. If you look in five years' time, that's going to be relatively cheap. So I think they position themselves pretty well there, albeit they've given up some good draft picks and that will hurt in time. Sean Darcy won't be a million-dollar player. I think he deserves to be around the 800,000. And, of course, you're going to have to pay up for Logan McDonald if that's the case. I'm in the same camp with you. I think that they are better suited with Jackson in the ruck. From a ball movement point of view, he just adds a different element. He weighs in, gives them the extra number. Um, I've said on record, why, why do this deal now with Sean Darcy? If you said to Melbourne, you could have one year where you could have a look at how Gorn and Grundy actually played together and then make a decision, why wouldn't you take your 12 months? I reckon they would do that in a heartbeat. And Freeman will have that chance. He is a free agent next year. And as we know with Ben Mackay, if things go pear-shaped for Fremantle next year and they finish down the bottom, the compensation pick will be the pick after their pick because he will be that Tier 1 band. So I think you cover your bases, get to round 12, see how that partnership's going, and then make a call. There's no rush on this one. And I think it's a, it's a club-defining decision for Fremantle to get this one right. Between three and five today, the run home, Hayes and Marto. Appreciate you coming on our show, mate, uh, so people know that you're still around. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Always a pleasure. I'll see you on that show soon as the host towards the back end of this year. Oh, oh, oh hello. Oh, Something do I don't know? already know. Yeah, What's geez. going on there? Well, someone, that's a bombshell. Someone you're going this? on holiday. Huh? Oh, okay. Is it permanent? <laughs> yeah, yeah, beauty. <laughs> Finally, we got our wish, Hayes. <laughs>